<laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> That's where the other guy's at. <laughs> Who's the other guy? The guy who was driving that car back there. The guy who picked me up before you did. Was that him in the car? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Couldn't have walked very far. Why is that? Because I cut off his legs and his arms and his head. And I'm gonna do the same to you. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we're live in studio. Live. live. You, okay, live for us now. For you, not so much later. Live on radio? Live, <laughs> live on tape. Li- live on tape, tape. yeah. It's, it's Friday night. Uh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is Friday it, night. It is Friday night. Uh, we're changing up a little bit of the format here, right? I guess. Uh, so yeah, we're actually uh, in studio together. By in studio, I mean my my office in my house uh, that I uh, decat haired just because I had company coming over. I had to, go, I I have these desktops that are all like they, they they it's basically the whole thing is like a mouse pad material. And guess what? It scientifically proven to attract every cat hair in the house. Like within like fifty feet, every single cat hair shows up on these things. So I have to I have to shave my desk if I'm going to have company over. And if it wasn't for my hat, you'd probably have Terry hair on it too. <laughs> Terry hair. Terry hair. It sounds like problematic situation. Sounds like something you'd buy at like um like Hobby Lobby. Like oh, get, come get some Terry hair, you know. And so no. Anyway, um, hope you guys enjoyed our conversation last week about uh, the Master Horror episode Pro Life. Um, it was it was good to have uh, Terry uh, do the bookend of that and cigarette burns um, here on the show, uh, and yeah, I we're going to get into um, the Hitcher this evening, um, the the 1986 film. Uh, we did pro life because uh, he was doing me a solid by helping me on Invasion of the Podcast, doing our year of Carpenter. But I feel like we were in the middle of the stretch of doing like road things, like in terms of like different. It's like like oh man, it's like almost we could have had a theme for a minute there because we did dual. Now we're doing this. Um, I almost like pitched the wraith to you at some point. Like maybe like, yeah, we could talk about that. That would have been a good yeah. call. Honestly, we, we, we have something fun for next week. So maybe we'll get to the wraith after that. Yeah. Sure. Right. Cause like I recently was on at the devil's ball talking about Mad Max free roads. So that's very road related. And then, on this most recent episode of Asia, the podcast, we talked about the twisted metal TV series with mm-hmm. my friend, uh, Jeff from the skewed universe podcast. So somehow I just had like cars on the brain recently. And I don't well, know why it is that is summertime. A lot of yeah. people are traveling. So. so, so yeah, if you guys want to find all the car related material, then go ahead and do that. So, so yeah, this is, this we're do, taking another detour, uh, literally, uh, but, oh, I should also say, yeah, welcome to the show. This is an anthology based podcast that talks about cars a lot. No, um, we normally cover the twilight zone. 
Uh, we covered the original series. Again, a teaser for next week's episode. We went through the first season of the 80s iteration. Uh, we love all things anthology, but we do like taking these detours where um, someone did point out to me that The Hitcher was, there was an anthology TV series called The Hitcher. I don't know much about it. The Hitchhiker. It. The Hitchhiker, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, that was on USA, if I recall. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure that they're like, oh, people will associate it with that. So, it's fine. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, between that and, uh, was it Red Shoe Diaries? <laughs> well, like, what? I mean, I one, think they were on it around the exact same one, time. One was more erotic than the other, and it's not the one you think. Well, so, right. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be uh, talking about The Hitcher this evening. Uh, a film that I thought I saw growing up as a kid, I don't think I did. Um, I know I saw, I totally saw the remake. Show. You know, I totally so, saw this. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's one of those ones that I know I thought I saw parts of it, but I, I don't think I really did. So, yeah, let's just get into it. Well, it didn't it. have a good cover because your mom wouldn't have rented it then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she'd have been like, that's not a good one. It's just a guy hitchhiking. Oh, you know, although I there. do think it actually has a great cover. Uh, um, you know, at least the secondary cover, which we, we see now. But. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, I just, um, but yeah, I just think this is one that, um, I mean, maybe we even did watch it then. I just don't recall. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a film that I thought I knew what it was, and I was wrong. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into it. And I think it's also a really interesting, like kind of, it's it's a cool like if you were to do a double feature, Duel and the Hitcher would be a good double feature. I right? have a quote later. Yeah. Um, so oh yeah, from the production, you're right. Yeah, we right. have some information about that. So all right, let's just get into this. It's the Hitcher from 1986. Uh, it was originally released February 21st, 1986. I was going to do day and date stuff, but I realized we just covered February 1986 on the original, the 80s Twilight Zone. So I'm like, uh, go back and find some of the, like, Down and Out Beverly Hills was the number one film. So I'm like, we've already talked about a lot of this stuff going on. Pretty at the extensively, time. yeah, honestly. But yeah, so our uh, director on this is Robert Harmon. Uh, he was uh, he was director for uh, not very many things that I knew, but um, so he did uh, multiple episodes of Blue Bloods, um, also did uh, a lot of still photography for uh, Tourist Trap. Fade to Black, which we've talked about sort of in like passing conversations, but he also did uh, still photography for Hell Knight. But th I think the thing that probably would stand out a little bit more would be Wes Craven's They. And he it's, not, well, it's well, not a good film. He directed that. He did direct that? I thought yeah. he presented it. Okay, but yeah, okay. So it. I've not seen that. Uh, Armin directed also um, Nowhere to Run, which was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie from 93. Um, a lot of the Jess Stone made-for-TV films right. uh, with that, that has Tom Selleck in it, which is... Lots of Tom Selleck ma stuff. would make sense that for him to go on to direct a lot of episodes of Blue Bloods, which is also Tom Selleck. So, um, like, dude's still working. You know, and good on him, like making your money, right? But um, yeah, other than, you know, this is the one that I think would be the one people talk about. And then No Order Run, I do remember when that came out. Like that, you know, it's Jean-Claude. It was like, he's still, his kind of like his peak of like marketability. Stylistically, so. I think there, I would have known something else from this gentleman, but unfortunately I didn't. So, yeah. but yeah, so we'll go on to our writer, which I do know a little bit more of. So our writer on this is Eric Red. Uh, not Eric the Red, but I, I always keep on like looking at his name, like Eric the Red. No. What if his middle initial was T? And you're like, wait a second, now, wait a minute. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I think there is definitely um, something to say about the the look and the feel of this film that um, harkens back to a film that the entire time I've been watching this uh, recently feels like near near dark. He, he, he wrote, wrote Near Dark. Wrote Near Dark. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my God. I was like. Yeah. And if you want to do a double feature, this and Near Dark would be a good double feature as hell well. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Near Dark's Seriously. great. Yeah. And he also did Body Parts um, and <laughs> yes. Bad Moon, which is not good. 
But, you know. Oh, so it's not just a clever name. <laughs> right. So, like, I remember watching that and turning it off instantly because I was like, this is trash. Um, yeah. So, but it was but mostly. I just want to believe it was just like this person that was evil that just go around and press ham on a car window and kill people. Like, they would just be like, I oh, know it's a bad moon, you know? Like, so. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, the, the near dark um, correlation here is like, it felt so present while re watching The Hitcher. I was like, why does this sound and feel so familiar? Yeah. Um, for somebody that was from Pittsburgh, and I wrote my notes, uh, Pittsburgh, I don't know why. It's, I didn't add the G in there, but either way, boo. Like, So, dude was from Pittsburgh, but somehow was able to write these kind of like um, uh, neo-Western type of like things. Because, I mean, you know, Near Dark is a Western in a lot of ways. Oh, um, it feels it, totally yeah. like a Western. Yeah, and this does kind of like, just because we'll want the setting and two, like, you know, the law is not going to help you type of thing. Like, and it gets more complicated from there. So yeah, it's man like, misunderstood, you know? Yeah. And being framed for things and not being able to explain it, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, um, so yeah, his, his thing was that when he was 20, he made a short film called gunman's blues in hopes of getting the opportunity to direct a feature length film. When no offers came, he moved to New York, uh, moved from New York to Austin, Texas, taking a driveway car across country, which I, I know the concept of what a driveway is. I just never heard it described as that. That makes sense where someone's like, I'm moving. Can you drive this instead of me, you know, doing it? That makes sense. And then as he was listening to Riders of the Storm, Riders on the Storm, the door song, there was something about parts of that mood. And then like, you know, the line of like, there's a killer on the road and all the stuff. He's like, yep, I have an idea for a movie. Rightfully so. And then he uh, thought about that a lot and then eventually started writing what would become the, the original script for The Hitcher. Yeah, and we'll get into more a little that bit more of the connections, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that, that that's where we're at with uh, Eric Red. Um, uh, the, the other uh, credit here I'll bring up for a, a second uh, second unit assistant director, uh, Frank Capa, Capra the third. Um, he, I I knew I recognized this name. He had worked on Warlock. He also worked on uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula and The Devil's Advocate. Hmm. So like this, there again. Going back to the pedigree, there is like there is a lot of people working on this film. So was he like a guy who was brought in to do like do some write, touch ups on the writing of the scripts? What you're saying? No, he was doing like uh like second unit like okay um, so, okay okay so he was part of like some of the like location shooting and shit. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So it's like uh, you know it's, and if, like, you're, if your last name sorry if you're Frank Capra yeah people are going to probably like wait a second he's like no 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 that was my great my grandfather but still right like. Yeah, I mean, it's like I know this name, but I I I know that he's associated with a lot of his stuff, uh, okay, other stuff, cool. and it's like, but yeah, you know, like especially in the fact that it's like we don't really get into the second unit stuff, um, so like just wanted to bring that to the forefront. Well, I mean, here. and I think that's important too because then when you get like um the visuals, especially well that, but it's also like you know there, you have to get in somehow sometimes. Like I know, like uh, you know, was it John Carpenter was doing not John Carpenter shit? Um, no, um. You know, the other guy, the Terminator guy, you know, uh, Aliens, uh, James Cameron. Yeah. My God. Uh, you know, like you know, just made the three most successful films of all time. Whatever, Paul. Anyway, so um, he, you know, was doing like, what was it? Um, he would go and do model work for like some Roger Corman films. Like, what was it? Galaxy of Terror. And he ended up doing even some model work on Escape from New York. Because nice. he he was the one of the people that was behind making the initial New York set to make it whenever they're doing like the um, the radar pass with mm -hmm. like the plane flying to make it look digital, but it was all practical set that they just shot a camera over. So he was picking up things like that, and that's what got him Piranha. So yeah, you get your work where you can, so you can keep work, working your way up the ladder. So you know, no shame there. And you're right; sometimes it's worthy of mentioning. It should be because second unit director, you're still directing. 
You know, like I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, definitely at this point too, it's like there's a visual aesthetic here that like it goes through the entire film. This film looks beautiful. Yeah, like even even the, with the nefarious means that I used to watch it, just put it, just leave that where it is, because uh, this film isn't streaming. Like it's available to like rent or whatever, but it's like it just isn't like on a streaming service right yeah. now. It's a hard, evidently it's a harder movie to find sometimes. And yeah. yeah and I, I will say that if you are going to even try to breach that by doing a YouTube, uh, it, it's not worth it, dude. <laughs> just, just rent it, buy it. Like, I mean, it's a visually stunning film. It just, it, it is like, there, there are some shots in this that I'm like, this film has no right looking as good as it does. Yeah, um, especially for its budget, too. Yeah, and like, there's some wonderful crane shots. There's some wonderful horizon shots. Um, the, like, you, um, like, I know that there's something about, there's like, because you and I, like, I know we're not the same age, but within the, like, the same range. Yeah, not too right? far yeah. off. Um, like, I have friends that are younger than ourselves that, they have a hard time watching anything um, before a certain, uh, sorry, uh, before a certain point because they they grew up with like, like you know how things look different once the advent of like video and then digital, right? Right. So they, for whatever reason, something if it looks like it has film grain, they can't like get immersed in it. And to me, that seems so counterintuitive because when I think of movies, I think of film, I think of this type of richness to the like to the the frame and and like the 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 darks look dark and that's when we mentioned near dark which is a different production altogether the darks look dark and it's very like there's something there there is um especially the end shot of this movie um the way because i was like i'm not trying to jump too far ahead but the way they show the credits and what the credits play over is a magnificent shot exactly and it's like it's just and again you talk about budget it's like it just i don't understand how it almost feels like we've forgotten something along the way, you know, in terms of like how to make movies still look really, really good with like next to no money. I don't know. It's a different world we live in, you know, but yeah, this movie, there's stuff in it. Like there's, there's shots of this that make no sense how good it looks. And then there's some other things in here that make no sense whatsoever, but we'll, we'll get, there <laughs> we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, I, I, I don't have the cinematographer here in front of me. I don't think I did. I don't think I wrote it down who it was. So I do, I do apologize. That's the person I should be giving the credit to, but I did not. So my apologies. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I feel like uh, I'd be, you know, I mean, we don't want to pad this too much because I mean, like, there was a lot of different moving parts to this that they did. They did such a terrific job that it's like, just look up the IMDb. Like honestly, because yeah. I mean, this is a podcast where we try to keep it a little bit more short form. But here we go. So we're gonna get into. Terry, our have cast. you been here talking to me? Anyway, so yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're thinking about your other podcast. Um, <laughs> so we'll get Fair. into our cast here to kind of keep it tight again. Um, I'm gonna keep it a little bit more closer to the the major players here. Okay. And then if you want to chime in, I have a few. Uh, I'll yeah. jump in. Yeah. So uh, Rucker Hauer is our. I would say our lead here, honestly, this guy demands the screen. Like he demands the camera he plays John Ryder. Uh, he was in Blade Runner, which I've discussed on a different podcast. Um, at, at the devil's ball. You guys yeah, talked about the that. Devil yeah. Ball. Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, it was a great pod. You know, it's like they do a great job over there. It was a lot of fun. Um, the other things that I will say about his uh, career that are standouts for me, at least, it would be Surviving the Game. I think that would probably be my main introduction. That's a fun movie, yeah. Yeah, to his uh, career. He was also in Hobo with a Shotgun. 
That's another fun movie that may, that has no right being as actually good as it is. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, and then of the the last credit here, I will mention is um uh, uh, a gentleman who has appeared on this podcast. Uh, uh, James, uh, I just bought this a physical copy of Nighthawks from him recently. I love Nighthawks. Nighthawks is it, like I what like whatever Rucker Howard passed gone too soon. Like that was like the last oh, yeah. two years, right? I, that's when I sat down and watched Nighthawks for the first time. There is so much good in that movie, but it gets mangled in the second half. But it's like the but what's like you can tell Stallone is so good at it. Uh, Rucker Howard is so good at it. It's something. Something in that film is missing. It's, it wants it, to be Dirty Harry so much, but like I, I understand that film. There's, and there's I a feel bit of them energy. in like a discotheque where they're like, like you know, like they're kind of like stalking each other. Oh my god, that's a great sequence. I love it. Yeah, well, um, dude. Honestly, that end sequence of that film. No, that, that's cool too. But I just feel like it got super rushed in terms of the momentum of that film. Uh, but yeah, no, like it's a good movie. It's just you could tell that it had problems behind the scenes, and then. Like that film was edging towards like greatness. It was. It turned out to be, you know, okay, but not like I don't know, man. Like I, I'm glad that I watched it. And Rucker Howard is a presence in that. Um, I will also mention he was in Lady Hawk. That's also a cool film. Um, and uh, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The film. Got to mention that also. Uh, you know, R.I.P. to Paul Rubens. Gone too soon as well. Yeah. And he had um, a role in Batman Begins, uh, Sin City. For like he was the the like, was the I was gonna say the Pope, but whatever. He's basically the Pope in Sin City. Whatever. Um, he, yeah. he, he, honestly, in my opinion, I have not seen a bad role. And with he was him in, in like it. was one of the made for t like updated versions of Salem's Lot. He played um um. The, the you know whatever the the vampire guy you know what's his name Barlow uh, Barlow yeah I, was, but <laughs> I kept wanting to say Stoker I'm like no that no that, yeah but Barlow yeah he played yeah. Barlow in one of the one of the made for t- I think it was the Rob Lowe one uh, anyway, oh so, okay I did yeah. not know that oh excellent. so here's something about him that at the height of his uh, fame he was set to be cast as RoboCop in 87 but Verhoeven uh, the, the film's director considered his frame as too large to move comfortably in the character suit good call because <laughs> uh, Peter Weller I think weighs three pounds you know so yeah I think because you had to have a much smaller and when person. he lost hair he wa- he wound up weighing two pounds yeah right no, it's just um, he has a very narrow frame compared to Rucker Howard because there's also talks of Schwarzenegger being Robocop but it's like yeah it's basically you're going to make a tank with a gun you know, he would have been better cast as Ed Two Hundred Nine if he would have cast. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's like, can you make? Can you ten make seconds to comply? Can, can you make very upset sounding like elephant noises as you fall downstairs or whatever? He's like, I got it. Yeah. yeah. So yes. Anyway, we love Rucker Hauer. Um, you know, it's just, definitely gone too soon. It's I, also one of those guys. That just you feel like you know he was he did some really great stuff. He has such a presence, like you said. I don't know why he was never put into something of like a higher caliber. You know what I mean? Because you could tell he could, he could bring it. Well, that's I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily this case either, because there's a lot of foreign stuff that he had done as well. Well, that's fair. I mean, I that, have to okay. look into that stuff. So I'm sure there's probably a critical acclaim there, but it's like, how do you not have somebody like He's him? He's very demanding of like, I mean, he chews up the scenery yeah. like crazy. But yeah, so we'll get into the rest of our cast here. So uh, next here we have C. Thomas Howell. Um, he is the soul man himself. We were oh, discussing no. him again. Yeah. <laughs> he plays Jim Halsey. <laughs> yeah, I was going to skip over Soul Man. I, oh. I did watch that as a kid, and it didn't. It didn't feel good then. It feels worse now. 
You're damn right. It <laughs> should be. Man, that is like a tone death film if I've ever seen one. Yeah, even Robert Downey Jr.'s character from Tropic Thunder is like, dude, you got to calm down. You know, like, like uh, what do you mean, you people? Yeah, like, no, oh, it's good just, Lord. He plays he plays a white guy that actually takes skin injections to turn his skin dark so he can actually go to law school as a minority acceptance. Right? It's like, no. Yeah. No, we've actually no. talked about this gentleman not too long ago because he was in Creep Show, the the series. He was yes. in Dead in Breakfast. Uh, we didn't talk about that segment though, but he he was in Creep Show. Pretty sure. No, we didn't talk. No, I, was we didn't that talk season about one. Break. It's because uh, we talked about season two, two, two or three, whatever ones. Yeah. He, okay. I had to go back and catch up because I know like I okay, was I'm sorry. So, yeah, no, yeah, no. I thought but he was in Creep Show, the series. You're right. Um, I just want to mention he was also in The Outsiders, which is what got his big and, and Red Dawn. I think that was no. my first exposure was The yeah. Outsiders. He, yeah, he was also one of the two final actors to be considered for uh, Marty McFly. Uh, oh, so, OK. Yeah, because like Eric, Eric Stoll got it. Mm. And then it turned out like he just didn't quite get the character. Yeah, and that's when like Michael J. Fox him. got in. But you could I almost feel like if you were to see Thomas Howe, I'm not saying he's bad in this. I mean, he's a little whatever. It's just, it's like. It's it's not the most. It's not He's the, not the most charismatic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he or Stoll would have been like the best choice for Marty McFly anyway. So, mm. I just, but also like you, you when you have something like Michael J. Fox, like you don't you don't pass that. I, up. I yeah. think there is definitely a like a position in like ca- characters mm-hmm. that uh, see Thomas Howell. Oh, for sure. I'm not. Like, de- I'm not debating that at all. But yeah. I will tell you that uh, revisiting all of the. Um, the Marvel stuff, he was in the Punisher series for three episodes. Okay. Man, he plays a scuzzy person. I need, like, I, I, and he, you, he exists in that character. I need full, to sit down and finish the, the actual uh Netflix Dude, Marvel stuff. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm up to date on all that Netflix stuff. Yeah. It's it's really good. Yeah. So also too, uh, he was in uh, Gettysburg from ninety three. But here's the part that's just like it mm-hmm, this bugs me so much. In 2006, uh, he starred in Hoboken Hollow. Uh, he also became a supporter of the production company, The Asylum, which I think they're the ones that produced Garbage. that or whatever. Yeah, what, which produced his straight-to-DVD films. And I love that Wikipedia said, citation needed. I'm like, I don't think there's a citation needed. Uh, in 2008, Hal directed and starred in The Day the Earth Stopped, a mockbuster intended to capitalize on the Keanu Reeves, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Um, which was a remake anyways. Well, yeah, but like I... I despise the asylum and every, you know, every way, shape or form. However, if this gives him the opportunity to direct again, I can't completely dismiss that. Right. Uh, Cause at least then there's still like a, a, like if you're interested, do it. Cause like, wasn't it, um, Oh uh, shit. Uh, you know, the guy that's like still making movies that did the original death race. Um, you know, God damn it. Um, you know, like my brain's failing, but anyway, uh, <sighs> I'm going to look this up right now. Death Race 2000. Yeah, director. I didn't even know he um, I didn't know he directed, so that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, so I'm my gosh. The original film, I'm going to look this up cuz I'm sorry everybody. Look at look at me. Um 1975, I'll, I'll bring up some other credits yeah. too here too. Uh it's uh he was also in ET. <laughs> Thank you for uh, vamping for me like as I'm running around being like what's going on. Um <laughs> internet internet internet. Um uh, not Paul Bartel. Anyway, it's just uh, who who produced all this like this kind of straight to like drive in stuff forever. 
Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I, I don't, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> continue. I'm going to find this name, and it's going to kill me because the moment I say it out loud, Roger Corbin. Oh, oh yeah. Derp, derp, derp. Corbin is so, so he's a hell of a force when it comes to like the squeezing the the juice out of every penny. Well, because like he, so that was but the point I was going to try to make before my brain completely failed me. Everybody, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, is that he would tell people that have talent? It's like, hey, I'll let you direct a movie of mine. Um, if you have to come back a second time, you're not going to make it in this business. Exactly. So like yeah, that had, is a direct quote because Ron Howard wanted to like direct. Because he wanted to break away from just being the leading man from like Happy Days, and Corman's like, "Sure, star in one of my movies, you can direct one. But if you have to come back a second time, you're not going to make it." And so there's people that like learned under Corman that started the Asylum. They took the wrong lessons from it. Exactly. That's what I. That was my point, everybody. I'm sorry, I stumbled through all of that. I'm like, instead of jumping over the hurdles, I just tried to run through all of them and knock them all down in a row. Uh, so, I will forgive yeah. you. Yeah, but that was my point. Anyway, sorry. Continue. But yeah, he got to direct something. Uh, you mentioned ET. Yeah, it's just I think again, if if he's found his lane of like where he's comfortable, I can't judge anybody for that. It's just that I hate the propagation of the asylum as a thing. Yeah, I, just, I, 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 I think whatever. there was a lot of um, shining of like the the art when it comes to the viewers and the, the audience and that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if the money's there, I mean, get it. I mean, there's no shame in making a low budget film. I'm not saying that. Yeah, get but, it, Mister Howell. But like but, the, but when when the thing is, is like you're trying to chase a trend and be like. If you're gonna trick that grandma, that you're like, oh, you really wanted to see the day there since so we got I, we got it. I rented it from Blockbuster. It's I like, got the Kirkland version. Yeah, yeah, I got the Kirkland. It's like, no, we have the day there since still at home. It's like, no, we don't. Like, you know, like, oh, you want to watch Trans Transformers? We have Transmorphers. Like, no, it's always you know, it's always like that. I know what I wanted for Christmas, and this is not it. And so, anyway, yeah. yes, continue on, please. Yeah. Money's there, um, but anyways. Um, so to our ne- uh, next cast member here, we we have to talk about Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, I, I I love her. <laughs> like I was just gushing over her a minute ago with uh, off mic with Paul, and it's like she plays Nash in this. She was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, she was also in Backdraft, mm-hmm. and she was in Single White Female. So like, I, she definitely has a pedigree to her uh, her acting, and she's been in a plenty of things recently too she was in that a movie annihilation more recently as well she was and but uh, also people like her big biggest claim to fame as of recent was the hateful eight yeah playing uh, daisy domergu because daisy's got a secret i don't know if you've seen the hateful eight or not i've not she is so good in it she plays such a rap bastard in it it's so great like whenever you're in the same scene with like um oh uh the dude uh, you know, Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Jesus the Christ. dude, man. My brain. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Not just, the I, dude, yeah. but when you, when you're going toe to toe with him in a scene, and you like, you got to you got to yeah, you yeah. got to you got to like yeah. meet well, him toe to toe. Welcome to Strange Highways, where I remember nothing whatsoever what's going on. But yeah, okay. no, no, she's great. Um, it's like you like we were talking about how she would have fit into any. Um, uh, like Breakfast Club style film yeah, whatsoever. She was, yeah. she was in Dolores Claiborne. She's in yes. a lot of different yeah. stuff. So who, okay, I'm, I, I was trying to look this up and this is me like asking you a question because I tried finding this information I couldn't locate it. In Army of Darkness, nah. who is the uncredited like f- uh, girlfriend that's in the S-Mart that uh, Bruce Campbell, is that her? That's in the, It is not her. Because there's, there's somebody that is a famous person that because they do the flashback of them going to the cabin 
right. and they have a famous person that was just like, I'm sure I'll be in there for a second and I cannot figure out who it is. It, it's not her, but okay, I know so, that for sure. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I will look it up here, but yeah, I want to make Terry not think things now as I not well, think I mean, good I'm, at all. I'm doing right, so, <laughs> yeah, the cast yeah, notes yeah. here. So yeah, anyway, so let's move on. But no, we, we memento. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, next one here I, I, I want to bring up and kind of like a little bit more of a bigger player here. Uh, Jeffrey Demon. Mm-hmm. He plays Captain uh, es- Estridge. Estridge. Yeah. Uh, he was in one of the episodes of the Twilight Zone that we've discussed more recently, Kentucky Rye. Yes, yes. Um, he was in that. And also, we know we talked about him from the 88's The Blob, which I know you're a big fan of that I, I have not seen. Uh, so I think I saw it as a kid, but yeah. You uh, scum. You still haven't seen it? Oh, my God, know. Anyway, dude. Yeah, he's in something called the Shashink. Redemption? I don't know. What Are you never trying heard to do this. an impersonation of me no. pronouncing names? No, I'm just. I was just trying to. Like, I was just trying to. <laughs> I was trying to bait you into being like you don't. You don't know what movie that is. You no. Shut up yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Yes. one of the best movies of all time. Fight me. All right. I mean, you know, like, it's okay. Like literally I mean, come you know. here and fight me right now because because I like I've been I mean, it's I've okay. been working out. Let's go, dude. It's it's, it's an okay film. I'm kidding. So no, it's you, what's wonderful. You uh, shut your dirty mouth. Yeah, he was also in the mist. Uh and, and yeah. Walking Dead. Well in the Walking Dead, you're right. So yeah, yeah recurring we, member of the Walking Dead until he didn't until he became a walking dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I guess anytime you're anyway. So, yeah. So yeah, I, those I, brows. You gotta respect those eyebrows, man. I, I, I like Jeffrey DeMunn. He's also like one of those guys, it's like He's not just like, oh, I know that guy from that thing, because clearly he's had a career, right? But it's like, oh, yeah. but he also is like, the, once you see his face, you're like, yes, I know I'm in. So, well, yeah. and, and, I mean, he's a great actor. I, like, that, not to take away from him just being the guy, like, mm-hmm. you actually know that he's a great actor. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, who would be the next person you would, would love to mention here? Because uh, we have quite a bit of cast. Okay, I'll run through. Like, I'll, here, I'll, t- I'll do the lightning round here. So we got um, Billy Greenbush as Trooper Donner. Uh, he was in Critters. So everything connects to Critters. Yeah. Also, Jason Goes to Hell, uh, Terry's second Ooh. favorite Friday 13th film behind Jason X. Get out um, here. Yeah, and then uh, Armin Shimmerman um, as Interrogation Sergeant, uh, he played Quark on Deep Space Nine. He's the guy that was like interrogating John Ryder at the end, trying to like press him. Uh, and like uh, just letting you know during the, like, that <laughs> scene, just because you may. You you know what Ferengis look like from Star Trek, and you would you would see you would if you saw Quark, you'd be like, I know that's Quark, but his ba- his biggest claim to fame is playing a character that was under makeup, right? So okay. he was also the voice of Andrew Ryan in the game Bioshock, and he was phenomenal in that too. But yeah, it was good to see him here. Gene Davis is Trooper Dodge. Uh, he was the psychotic killer guy in Ten to Midnight, uh, the Charles Bronson movie. Mm. Uh, and he was also in The Relic. Uh, John Van Ness as Trooper Hapscum. A lot of bit parts, whatever. I don't know why I put that in my notes. Henry Darrow as Trooper Hancock. 93 episodes of Santa Barbara. 63 episodes of Zorro. You make your money. Cool. I didn't know Zorro was a TV show that ran that long. Like a modern, like in the 90s, 2000s. What? There, there yeah. were, what? There, well, I don't know. Different markets, right? I, I knew there was one that happened in like the 50s. Yeah. So we got Tony Epper as Trooper Connors. Uh, he's an actor, a stuntman. He was in Con Air. Tom Spratley as proprietor. Deadly Friend, that's Terry's favorite Wes Craven film, outside of it, They. It's a great oh, film. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about Deadly Friend. If you Friend. want to see heads yeah. exploding yeah. from a basketball. Yeah, we, can yeah. Watch. We, can, we need to talk about Deadly Friend. And then oh, also, yeah. <laughs> also a film that I just like, you know me, if I see a title, I'm like, what is going on here? 1974's Cockfighter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and here is, no, no, no. Here is the, 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 the byline that was on IMDb for this. Uh, a train, a trainer of fighting cocks, takes a vow of silence and gambles his his loves and possessions in a bid 
to win a championship. The poster's amazing. The is title's this made amazing. by Canon? No. And the fact that it's like, this guy is like, you know what? I'm taking Cavallo Silence so these, these roosters can kill each other until I win. <laughs> like, the movie cannot be nearly as good as I hope the idea is, you know? So, yeah. I, I feel like Michael Golem is still part of this. Somehow. This is from 74, so no, I don't think oh, so. God. <laughs> but yeah, like, so if people want to check out Cockfighter, I, I want to check it out. Uh, Colin Campbell is Construction Man, only credit. And then there's something that says Britannia, only credit. And I was like, what does that even mean? And I, I was thinking, I'm like, when watching the the Netflix series Glow, based upon the gorgeous ladies of, of wrestling, there was a character named Britannia in that. But and I know the Britannia there, was a, a the sister ship of the Titanic. Okay, but I don't think I don't that I did not see a cruise ship in this film. Uh, but what I'm saying is, I was like, is like maybe one one of the Glow wrestlers just have like a like at the time this came out, like where they just in like a background shot or something. I could not figure this out. Mm. So, and then Gareth Shaw is photographer, 18 credits whatever i just want to mention uh mark music is by mark isham because some of the music in this is actually pretty good yeah still working um he just recently worked on the unbearable weight of massive talent the nick cage film bill and ted face the music the mist uh miracle which i talked about recently on evasion the podcast point break blade and crash so i'm I'm really surprised that he did not work on near dark because the music sounds so similar i mean there was a lot of that kind of like like, cadence and everything no because there's a lot of like following trends right but that's okay like i just was like there was some good stuff in here in terms of the music anyway sorry after i know like we we made it i know i know i forgot words and people but i did not forget cockfighter so all right Um, yeah thank god (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into our discussion of of the Hitcher. Both of them. Sober, reliable, the best men. Some of that's true. So anyway, where where are we at with it? Like again, kind of kind of like dual like this the, the this doesn't have the most like story because it's it's kind of the same repeating like kind of vignette type of thing over and over again. In it, in a sense. Yeah, it, it, but it's like it's just a matter of like like Jim just being like <laughs> just pulverized like emotionally over and over again throughout the film. But I'll say this with the way this film starts off with just, you know, we get Jim, we, in his uh, drive away cause he's just driving cross country. Right. Uh, and he's doing his own thing, young kid. Uh, and by the way, by people, if you've not seen this film, stop what you're doing, find this film, watch it for God's sake. Yeah. Please it's, it's, like, and you know, find it in the best quality you can, because yeah. I think this movie is definitely deserving of seeing it in its best yeah. ratio. Absolutely. So, um, he, uh, there is, you see a, a Volkswagen bug pass him and you don't think too much about it until later, but then it's raining out. It's like, you know, kind of brutal and he ends up seeing a hitchhiker. So he decides to pick up this guy and that's, you know, that's the, the, within like the first five minutes we're into this movie, much like duel where it's like, you're in, we're, we're going on. Right. And this, I, with, when we meet Rucker Howard's character of John and their interaction, and then knowing that this is the most dialogue they will have between the two of them, honestly, right? I mean, there's a little bit of a diner later, but this is the most time I think they have together as like co-stars of this film. Well, there is another scene where there is a probably an equal amount of dialogue, but we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, too. yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, um, there's not much here. Um, so. So the car that uh, Jim is riding is going from San Fr- or uh, so from Chicago to San Diego, and he's just like, 
he's falling asleep at the wheel. He's almost gotten into an accident already at this point. He's like, you know, he's listening to agricultural uh, stuff on the radio, like, you know, like the, the prices and bonds and stuff of like what's going on in the stock market. He's just trying to be awake right now. He, and I can understand what his motives are here. It's like, you know what? This dude's on the side of the road. It's pouring cats and dogs. Let me just get somebody in here to just have a conversation with. And so he gets uh, Rucker Howard's character in here. I'm sorry. What was his name? John uh, Ryder. John. Yeah. So he gets John in, in the car. And John is not a very open person to conversation at this point. He's sneezing. He's just like, he's not answering questions. He's just like, hey, am I, where am I taking you? Like, where, where do you need to go? And John's just like dismissive and is like, I'm getting I'm getting water all over your car. I'm get, I'm getting your car wet. He's like, well, it's not my car. Yeah, like Jim decides to be like, you know what stranger I just picked up that looks um, very intimidating. I'm going to tell you my life story and tell you, be like, hey, this isn't my car. I'm just a young kid driving from one place to another. Uh, my parents don't know where I'm at. And I have a wallet full of money. I didn't say any of that, but it's like, you know, like, and I have three kidneys. That will not be important for right now. I don't know. I got 12 kids to feed. Yeah, I got, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm trusting of strangers at face value and I don't see knives when they're pulled on me, you know, whatever it is like, thanks Jim. Shut up. Honestly, like there are two different ideas here. It's like if Jim being, um, the guy who picks up this hitchhiker, then John being the guy who is a hitchhiker, who's the most at threat here right now. I think both sides of this could be terrifying. Well, and then also like there was like, like the late, like the sixties and seventies, uh, the idea of picking up a hitchhiker wasn't like, it wasn't like out of the question, right? Like it was like, like a kind of a common thing. Right. So mm-hmm. like, like my mother actually hitchhiked across America twice, like from the East coast, to the West coast and back. Like, and it's like, you know, I, I don't think she killed a lot of people, but who knows? Right. But like the point is that I know she did it. Well, but the, the, yeah. the, to that extent too, um, a podcast that I listened to last, uh, podcast on the left, not an affiliate here, but yeah, they like, like they need us to help bump them. Oh yeah. yeah for God's sake, they don't. Um, but have you guys heard of the Joe Rogan experience? It's a small podcast. Like, you know, whatever. Well, but the, at the same point, it's like you, you, you think about like a time and period where like something like this existed and didn't really have a bit of like a, le- of like batting of an eye. That was the flower child area. Like, the, yeah. you know, it's like, n- People were able to get across country, no problem. And your your mom well, is a little bit more to that flower but it, child. But also, that wasn't like that kind of the, the hook of like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. They picked exactly. up a hitchhiker. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you, you there's a bit of a like ah yeah this is kind of like we what we do. But then <laughs> Jim says, "Oh, my mom told me not to do this." You know, yeah. it's like, all right, well, yeah, you shouldn't have. Uh, and we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. So, but like that whole sequence though, how, uh, John is a character, it's just kind of like keeps like either like avoiding questions or just saying something that is not related at all is a very off putting. And it's a very, um, I was in like, it just, cause when, when they've descri- when people were pitching this film and I, I apologize and cutting you off, uh, which is great. Cause I can see your face and cutting you off versus me like waiting on Skype. Um, cut off. Uh, so, uh, it, <laughs> It's like when they when they were pitching this to get this made, it was like more Hitchcockian. That this is like that that that's the stuff in this I was in for where it's like 
you're, you're, um, everything's on a, like an uneven, like keel, right? Like I, I thought I was like, I'm in for this. This is cool. Not off, not off the bat though. Like as soon as John gets into the car, he seems like he's just like a miserable F just like, Oh my God, I'm down on my luck. Just please somebody help me out because I mean, the driving rain is bad. I mean, it's really bad. Like we and, can't, Jim can't even see out the window. At and, this and we're at some place in Texas, right? We're in, the, right. We're, we're in the Northern panhandle of Texas, right? It has to be like the, which means that's probably like what? One third of America is driving through whatever it is. Yeah. I think, I believe it is the, the, the panhandle because we, if we're going from Chicago yeah, he's, down he's, through, he's in the Northern part. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you just trace it down, and it's like, and then the, the rain sometimes gets terrible down mm-hmm. there. And it's done, and then it's over with, which we don't see any more rain later on in this film. Um, but, yeah, so, like, Jim is, like, asking him questions. And there are some great shots here um, that are being taken of John just sitting to the side and not answering questions. And we see the drops of water just falling mm-hmm. off his nose. It's like, I think Jim just feels so bad for the dude. It's like, he's he's sitting there, he's like... I, all right, well, maybe he doesn't know how to answer this right now because he just feels so miserable. Yeah, and then also with the him with John sneezing or so off, that, that that feels like that's a human thing to do, like you know, like because he's been out in the rain. But yeah, the whole thing is just a, it, like like very quickly it becomes apparent like um, that because when they go near, we see the Volkswagen. And then as, you know, as Jim's trying to like stop something turns. Yeah. Here. <laughs> and then, uh, and then John grabs his knee and just shoves the accelerator down and they drive by and he's like, why did you like, why didn't you stop? He's like, well, that was my car. And it's like, you know, like, it feels weird to me that like, why would you go the way you came? Like, you know, if you're walking down the road, if you know, there's nothing there, hmm, that seems weird to me. But that's when we eventually find out that, you know, we, we suss it out that, you know, Jim was going to take this guy to a gas station. And he was like, gas stations have cigarettes. I'm like, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but it's like, they also have gas. He's like, oh, yeah, that's correct. By the way, I just killed that guy in that car. I'm going to kill you, too. Like, but he's like, like <laughs> I, don't, I don't need I don't need gas. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. And that's when uh, Jim's demeanor becomes a little different. Here. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. So you don't need gas? Then what are we going to do right now? Yeah. And that's kind of a concerning issue here because it's like, not only did he just get a little aggressive here, like touching him, mm-hmm. but then like, you know, it's like, well, you don't need gas. And it's like, well, what happened in that car there? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. And that's when we, that's what I play at the beginning here. It's like, yeah, I, I cut that guy's legs off, his arms off, his head off. You know, it's like, and he's like, and I want to do that to you too. And it's just like, and then what I was kind of hoping to have happen. Um, and that sounds like it's opening. Like I was hoping for some leg amputation. No, uh, <laughs> Uh, I, cause they get to this like kind of like construction spot where like they're like, there's things going on and somebody's like asking questions or whatever. And like, like Jim is like clearly unsettled, rightfully so. Right. But then like the guy like that's like working the checkpoints, like, Oh, like, you know, Oh, Oh, where are you? Where, like, where are you from? And it's, it's like, a very specific question. Actually. It's like, yeah. what part of uh, sure. uh, Illinois are you from? Yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, that's when John's like, just tell him, right. Whatever. So Jim says, Chicago, blah, 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 blah. Well, I, 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 yeah. You're skipping a beat here. We have the knife directly to his nads. Yeah, that's what. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah. So we got John, th- like, basically being like, "You play nice, and we'll get through this." But then John makes it then look like they're, you know, they're lovers, and the guy's like, ah, "Just go, just go." 
Like it was like the subtext there was very obvious. And yeah, I get out of here, sweethearts. Yeah, or whatever, whatever he says. said, you know, so then they go, they're on their way. I was kind of hoping since again, like I, like I said, I remember thinking I've seen this movie before that this movie would be more of like the cat and mouse of them in the car for a little bit longer. But then what does happen still pretty fascinating. Um, I do think this movie, the, the movie's solid. It's just that, it really works well when those two are, uh, you know, in tandem together dealing with what's going like, right. Like with him, with John pushing Jim and Jim trying to figure his life out, you know, like they're like, so when they're separated, the film loses a little steam, but when they're together, it's like, it is like, it's just the tension can be, you can feel it. It's like, it's like a knife to your nads of the nads were tension. Well, at the same point though, I, I would say that, um, because it gets amped up immediately within like the first five minutes. Yeah. I, I don't think like that we're losing tension here. It's like we amped it up immediately. And then it's like, oh, my God, like what's going to happen next? Yeah. No, also, whenever we get like the, the resolution where Jim is able to get John out of the car and drives away. And then he thinks well, we're, we're in the clear. And then we see the station wagon pull up with the kids and we see the teddy bear, which is a great sequence. By oh, the it's, way. A, it's in the trailer. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. like, I, I, there is a, it, it's amped up again. Because but the, the, the dread of this, like, oh shit, uh, riders in that car in front of me with a family with kids. And Jim just, Jim yeah. has to be a good dude. You know, yeah. he's like, all right, like, I know this guy's a psychopath. I have to say something about it. And that's when he pulls over to the side of the car and he's yeah, trying to yell and they're like, well, it's going, I can't hear you. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just anyway. Yeah. Then, you know, and he almost gets like destroyed by a bus. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, whoa. Yeah. So then, but then we um, have him eventually like, get a start. Cause well, cause like when he clips the front of that bus, that I, I wasn't expecting that type of impact. Right. Um, and him, Eventually, his car started again and going down the road. And we, he finds the station wagon with we we you know we don't see it, which is one of the few times in this thing. This yeah, go ahead. It was great. Uh, and I, no, I'm, great I'm not again. trying to cut no, no, you no, off no, no, at no, no, all, please. but I'm like this here again, like one of these scenes that we've discussed in multiple different podcasts, where less is better. Yeah. And Wait, like, we don't need to see, and that's also part of the, the the production behind this. Where we'll talk about this at the end that there was a lot of push and pull about what to show and what not to show. And I think that for the most part, they, they aired on the right side mm. for some of this. And I think in this case, I agree that because I'm always a big sucker for let your brain fill in like the exactly. worst thing. However, I still think there was a couple things that we might've needed just a smidge more, but, um, yeah, in, but in this case, I don't need to see dead kids. I don't need to see whatever, but it's exactly. Like, yeah. Cause um, I mean, really uh, and, and what Paul was alluding to is that this was kind of like stretched out to a really gruesome scene. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't need that. So we, well, we get Jim going up to the, the station wagon and we get like a, a downward angle towards the wheel well and like the door, and we see a bit of blood dropping down. Mm -hmm. And then we get Jim going back to the car and puking his guts out. Yeah, that's. I think that's important, too, because it just shows, like, the I'm a person. What did I just see type of thing? Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah. Whatever it was, yeah. you know. It's like, we don't need to see that. It's like, it's implied already. So then um, after that, that's when we get, um, you know, the, the start of this, like, cat and mouse thing where John starts, like, you know, stalking. Um, Jim, right? And then it's like, because I, I think, is that the point we get to the truck? I can't remember. But yeah, just um, there's a whole thing where Jim ends up at a gas station. 
Yeah, he gets up to the gas station. That's where the truck shows up. Mm-hmm. And that's where he meets John for a second. And John's like, oh, I got your keys or whatever. Like, he tosses them to him. Basically saying, I'm not going to kill you right now. I'm just going to mess with you. Yeah. And the way that ends He's with, a like, force of nature right yeah, now. Yeah, with the gas pouring out and Jim running away and him driving a car that's on fire away from a gas station exploding is an amazing look. It's it's a like cool-looking sequence. T- uh, terrifying. You know, like, also, you're driving a car that's on fire. You know, I don't know about all whatever. Anyway, mm. so that's a cool looking sequence. And then when we get to to Jim getting to the diner, um, that's when we also meet. Um, we meet uh, what's her name? Nash. Nash. That's uh, Jennifer Jason Lee in stereo. We just did it. <laughs> Nash. You know um, how we also get the 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 um, the payoff later of her taking like basically it's not a Greyhound bus, but you can tell that like this is a bus that travels these routes, and this right. is her commute to work. That that pay I wasn't I wasn't even thinking about that being a payoff until later and it worked out, but that's when we meet her and then she kind of let lets lets him in because Jim looks like you know like uh, just a water Shit ran like, over like, like water like like, wa- like what was it um a drowned rat right like yeah. so that smells like gas sorry <laughs> a rat that's been drowned in gas um, and obviously disturbed I mean like you know not to the point where it's like the the dude might cause you harm, but he's like, he's at his wits end. Like, yeah, he's seen some shit. Yeah. And <laughs> so, the last like eight hours. So yeah, she's like, do you have a phone? Whatever he goes and does that and then cleans up. But then she's like, puts on a burger and some fries. Great. Right. Um, and then after like, they have that brief talk back and forth, she goes to the back and <laughs> I knew about this by reading the notes about the production before I watched this. Where it's a good sequence where you see Jim eating French fries, and you're like, and at first you're like, why? Like this because is taking he's feeling too long. comfortable. He's like, he's, he's at finally, ease yeah. right now. And it's like the sequence is like taking too long. So you're like, what's this even doing? And then when they bring in the reveal that he's picking up a finger, and he goes to put his mouth like, oh, right. So my question to you is, um, clearly she brought the food out, yeah. right? Um, but at some point, John Ryder took a finger off of somebody. Not, not, not Jim, not Nash. Somewhere a finger like was taken, right? When did he have the time to? Because there was never really a sequence where we saw the food left alone. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's so at the same time also like she was plating it. She'd be like, I oh, you know this fries turned out pretty good. Like because she even says this is the only thing I know how to make. It's like I don't know. You added an extra ingredient. When did that show up? Like, you know, <laughs> like just you know, you're like you're like, hey, I see on the menu here. Well, I'm not um, trying can, to make excuses can, can, here, can, but can I get a cheeseburger, fries, and oh, you know what? Put a finger in there, please. You know, like I just need, you know, I just need, I just need a finger. No, you know, like more than a pinky, you know, anyway. So one finger, one finger. Um, yeah, I, I'm not trying to excuse this one away, but I can see like both of them being a little bit distressed. Yeah, that's fair. It's like this, like the visual works. Yeah. The logic doesn't. So that was yeah. going to say that at this point. John Ryder. I can't explain this one away. <laughs> no, John Ryder isn't just a villain because he's a villain. Yeah. He's a Looney Tunes level villain. Oh, yeah. From here on out. Like, because, like, he's wilding and li- out. Like, it crazy. literally makes no sense how he just shows up sometimes. But because, you know, the character is so intimidating, like, you forget in the moment of, like, wait, how, how, how does he even do this? Right. Like, John Ryder, uh, you know, Rucker Hauer. I, you know, if you had told me that this was a documentary about Rucker Hauer and not John Ryder, I'd be like, well, that seems fair. You know, whatever. So, like, but, I think he has lots of bat bombs. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, like, he was in Batman Begins. Yeah, so yeah, he just, just saved up some of them. He's just like, hey, it's like, oh, I'm near this diner. All right, finger. And then, like, about, like, just, you know, this whole thing. Like, it's just, how do you do this? Right. Like, it's just, 
So whatever. Um, so it was a great. great Someone sequence. should have been the Joker and not him. Well, because there's even yeah, there's even bits too, like when he just like Jim is literally scattered across like wherever he's going. It's like how does John always find him? You know. Well, there is some notes to that extent too. Like so, like I I, think, I guess we'll just kind of keep on powering through because well, yeah. So I mean, I know we're getting into the like into the weeds and into the fingers of it all, but like eventually, because <laughs> like, because because uh, the whole thing was Jim calls the cops and the cops are going to show up, right? And then when the cops do show up, they immediately go after him. Dude, but- these guys are like <sighs> ridiculous too. Like this actually, like this part of the movie pisses me off. It 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 doesn't piss me off in the sense that like in this day and age. From you know, from it, like what? it goes from like two to thirteen. Oh no no no! It goes from zero to sixty to one hundred and twenty with the way these cops react to him. Like, what the hell is going on right here? Like, no yeah. explanation. No, what's like, like uh, who do you think called your asses? Yeah, but like you know, I, uh, I'd almost like to see an update of this where there was <laughs> but no no like another one another one sean bean because i remember i i, I love him i didn't, th- I I didn't him. think that movie was perfect that movie's but not I, did, great. I, I did like and there, like there was the sequence of the helicopter later that i think that was a cool sequence this one was cool too right uh but um like i'd almost like to see an update of this like like you know like and i know that the, the go-to is always like let a24 do it but could you imagine kind of like well you could roll your eyes but i'm saying like if you oh, take this at like and like like maybe like flip like the race or the gender a little bit. Like, cause I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, get, like, I, could, I could see that. Cause like, then it's like, also it's like, like what if, you know, what if this is a person of color and they're, they're being targeted? Yeah. And, and, and all like the guest has kind of been that, that uh, it's been too in the past. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, then let's keep John Ryder as like, just like, you know, like a white guy, and like who, who you're going to see the first, like, like, Oh, I got to trust this. Like, you know, like I'm going to trust this guy, not this guy. Like that would be um, done. Right. It would be really interesting. Yeah, you know, well, like, I, I saw Predator. Um, Predators. You know, but you rather. know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying. The like, guy who just, you didn't expect to be the killer. Yeah, right? Like, um, yeah, what Yeah, what if John Ryder's played by Topher Grace? I'm kidding. No. Could have <laughs> been it. Could have been it, right? No, but I'm just like, Eric. I'm just trying to think of like somebody here that's just a smidge older, like that would maybe. Like, what if you did like a version of this where it's like you got like somebody like, um, oh, uh. Oh, like, well, Chris Pine would be great, but I'm also thinking like uh, Captain America, Chris Evans, right? No. What? No. no. As, as like John Ryder being like, no. the, oh, really? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. Too pretty. That's one. That's the point, right? No. Like, okay. Okay. Too pretty. Nope. Okay. Right. Not like. All those muscles? No. <laughs> he doesn't have to have the muscles. Get out of it. my movie. <laughs> uh, okay. Fine. I'm just saying. Yeah. Him. Him. What, what about a Hemsworth? What about one no. of the three Hemsworth? No. The Hemwise. The no. Hem- okay. No. 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 I want an unknown. I want a guy that like uh, Sean no, Bean. No. Sean Bean was actually a really good yeah actor to what, pick for that film because what, it's like, what if Adam Driver? No, he's ugly. Oh, but okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I said no pretty boys, <laughs> no ugly boys. I want I want the midi like I want a boy that looks like me. Mm. <laughs> All right, that's a lot to, to take in. He's hey, like, Hollywood, he's like, he's like, I'm like, available. I'll, I'll put a finger in my mouth, whatever, it's fine. So anyway. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. So uh, no, anyway, I just, no, so, I, but when I, the I, cops show up, I think that would be like, um, it's almost like you, you've seen Get Out, right? Like, no. No, okay, never mind. Uh, so that's just, there's, there, there, there's some confrontations where it's like, this is going to turn sideways because of the... How people misread things immediately because of like biases and racism. Yeah, and yeah, no, no, and that's, that's what that, I'm saying. That's like, completely true. Yeah, um, I mean, like uh, the 
the one series. Um, oh my god, I can't remember the name of it. Hey, welcome right. to the show, everybody. We can't remember anything tonight. That's uh, great. Yeah. Um, did we? Um, oh, there was. I oh, never mind. There was. There was an episode of the newest Twilight Zone. The iteration it was called Rewind or Replay, where it was the the mother and son going to college because he was going to be dropped off, and this this white cop kept stopping them, and it was really effective. Um, but anyway. Well, there was the the one series that um, I talked about in my my book club. Um, there was um, where they the, uh, oh my god, continue, continue. We'll figure this out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, the the guy who was in um, the newest uh, quantum uh, the quantum quantum leap series. No, no, the the quantum sphere, whatever the hell it was called. <laughs> What the hell was the, the Jonathan guy? Majors? You're talking, yeah, Jonathan are you, Majors. You're talking about uh, Lovecraft Country. There it is. There it is. <laughs> you guys didn't see this because this is not a video podcast. I just got a friendly pat on my arm because yeah. I remembered a thing that Terry couldn't remember. We are, and we, we've been gosh, drinking, so yeah. Not even that. Jonathan I just, Majors. I was I just, thinking about him all day today. No reason why. Okay. Anyway, no, no reason no, why. No reason. <laughs> he's, he's buff and yeah, kind of anyway, good looking. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, he, he, the, so they did the 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 sundown uh, towns. towns. Yeah, that, that, and, I, I did see the first episode of that, and that was that. Yeah, you're right. That's that kind of thing of like you know, yes, yeah. So so it's like the idea that uh, somebody would be going through a certain area that they shouldn't have been going through, and then has no explanation why they're supposed to be there. It's like, all right, I see your place. Why in the hell are you here? Yeah, I mean, like that's a, yeah. like the first like you're an outsider. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah. So when the cops show up here, like the cops always act kind of ridiculous in this. And then all of a sudden when we yeah. get to Jeffrey, <laughs> it was Jeffrey DeMunn's character. It's like, wait, you're the most understanding of all the, like after everything's turned sideways. Well, he, we see him later. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying like, it's yeah. Anyway, so the cops show up, they immediately think Jim's doing everything. Jim's like, no, yeah, I didn't see, do it. Yeah. What did we yeah. see? Trooper Donner. Yeah. Eat shit. <laughs> Trooper Donner. <laughs> yeah. You scumbag. Um, so then, yeah, so then we get police, like, for police brutality at its best right here. Oh, God. Well, because that's whenever Jim ends up in the back of the car, right? And he's trying to talk to um, Estridge, Estridge, right? Like, I think it's at that point, right? Where at first he's like, well, fine, just let yeah, me. Like, like, yeah. to, like, contact your captain. I've already explained, like, what's going yeah. on here. And then as he's trying to talk to Estridge over the the, the, the radio, that's when John shows up and just starts killing the cops. And it's just like, it's Dude, so bad. Yeah. just taking him out through the window, too. Like, he's just like an agent of chaos yeah, here. I like, just, he's a wonderful sequence, right? And takes then, then, out yeah. two, the, the two guys in the car and he's just like, there you go. I'm going to drive off into the sunset again. Yeah. Cause like Jim's like telling Esther, she's like, you know, it's like, I want to turn myself in. And Esther's like, I believe you. And it's like, and all of a sudden cops are dead. Car flipped over. <laughs> like poor Jim. Right. Um, anyway, there's a, there's a version of this. That's a comedy, like, you know, but, um, but yeah, anyway. So then, um, yeah, at that point that he ends up getting the gun, wandering away, whatever, uh, he ends up back at a diner, like just by himself for like a minute. Uh, and then that's whenever we get again, um, John showing up just randomly that sequence though in the diner of, with the gun is really cool. The way John pushes him being like, okay, fine, shoot me, pull the trigger. And the way he, like you see under the table where he just puts his hand as a gun and then smacks the top, like underneath the table to make Jim freak out to pull the trigger multiple times and, and, and basically be like, your gun's empty. I know it. That was such a, that that's very Hitchcockian of like, you know, like we all see that John's calling his bluff. 
Um, and that goes back to earlier in the film too, whenever, uh, Jim asks John, like, what do you want? And John's like, for you to stop me. Yeah. And that's like, that's the thing, like the whole thing here is like, there is a bit of a ad lib here too, with Rucker Howard's character too. It's like, I, I, I just like, I would have loved to seen the behind the scenes of like, what do you think? Rucker, like, like, because yeah. like, we had like there was a scene like earlier where he held this this knife, this switchblade up to um, see Thomas Howell's character of Jim and just ad lib the entire thing. He just made it up. Oh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. He put it okay. to his his eye <laughs> and said, I want to die. Say it. Like, that, oh, that was, yeah, that was amazing. It was yeah. made up. Like, he made that up. And I'm like, that's incredible. Yeah. Like, that just shows you kind of how un- unhinged that Rucker was, but to bring it to the character. Well, because even then, like, and this will dip into, like, the, like, um, that somebody's honking and disagreeing with all this. Um, they want to live. That's that was Rucker. Honking. That was oh, Rucker, okay. yeah. He's like, Spirit come out here, I have a knife. Um, so, the ghost of Rucker Howard showing up. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he talked about like I was trying to get away from villain roles, but then I got this the script, and he's like, "Okay, this is pretty." Uh, like he's like, "If I'm gonna, if this is gonna be the last villain I play, this is gonna be the one I go." And out it on. wasn't. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough, but it, like he was trying to like break away from this, but he's like, "This is too good to pass up," and it's like rightfully so, you mm-hmm. know. Like, and it was. Um, I mean, there was a couple other uh, people that were kind of eyed for the role. Yeah. Even somebody, which we'll talk about in a second, was like a proposed idea to get this role too. And oh, I love him too. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it was early Tom Hanks. I don't understand how that was possible. Oh my God, it, <laughs> dude. Could you imagine Tom? Dude. Oh my God. I, you know You'd what? Like Wilson. No, what I need now is a, a update of this film where they, they de Tom Hanks to play the younger part. And then he could play the older part. Don't, don't get Colin Hanks involved. I'm just saying like, have him play both sides. Don't do that. But Tom, Tom Hanks is a saint. Right. I know, but it would be a like- saint, especially in the Cleveland area is a saint. Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, that whole sequence is great uh, with, with like you mentioned earlier, cause that was part of the original car ride yep. and then the, the, the gun sequence in the diner. Uh, but yeah, it's like basically every time Jim thinks he has maybe a shot at like trying to like get not, away, not just get away, but also like to try to put some space and distance and try to tell somebody like, I'm not doing these things. Like, John just shows up and can't be like, nah, we're good. Like he's just, he's, he's basically being a cat on the table, knocking the glass of water off the table all the time. Be like, nah, nah, we're good. We're good. And you, you feel like that he's trying to prove something. And I don't know if that ever really comes quite across. I mean, it it does a little bit at the end, but it's like, um, I, so I think a little bit of where the script was trying to go. I think it got a little bit lost, but the cat and mouse is amazing with this. Um, Cause you know, so yeah, anyway, so it eventually turns, uh, turns around where, uh, Jim is just like trying to sneak onto a bus. Uh, that's when he runs into Nash again. Uh, Nash eventually believes him. Right. And that's when they end up like crashing out like a motor home park or whatever. Right. Uh, for the, for the night. Um, and then even, but it's like, so, and there's the whole thing too, where she wants to call her father and he's like, no, you can't tell anybody what's going on, whatever. Right. Which is understandable like, because understandable, like, yeah. it, it, like this dude has, been able to find mm-hmm. Jim at multiple scenarios where he thought he may have eluded him. Yeah. Like, it's like, like, let's not give him any bit of Potential. slack here, yeah. you know, yeah. like at all, which so, 
That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, but it's like, so the one thing is, this is like, oh, Jim feels comfortable enough to take a shower. So I'm like, you know what? You know, get, get, you know, all things considered, this film, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Wash your nuts, dude. Like, come on. Get, get, let's, it's been a bad day. Hit, I, I would have been like, I would have been like, yeah. Like, you're I, in North like, Texas, man. I, I, like, I, my thought would have been like, yeah, you know what? I almost ate a finger against my will. I probably, I think, you know what? I've been covered in gas. Um, I've seen multiple cops die that I, you know, Maybe a shower, you know, like, so like I, maybe cause I, I have, I, I don't know, I don't know about you, a but wet like, nap a, a <laughs> at the very least. Good Lord. So it's oh, West, like I, it's North, no, it's yeah. North Texas. Yeah. Like, even, on. even before you came over this evening, I went to the grocery store and then I went out into Got a know, lot the, of wet the naps, bog, right? the bog that is right now, like oh, August. But I was just like, I should probably take a shower when I, I, I almost like, uh, it, I know it's not good for your skin, but if I could take three showers a day, I would. Yeah, just, it, we're, just, we are in Ohio, which is not that bad. If you are oh, listening no, 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 that's, with that, North that, Texas, that, like you know I, what's up. I completely understand that. But what <laughs> I'm saying is like, I don't know about you, but like I if if I had the option without knowing that my skin would fall off like a leper, I would take three showers a day. Oh, yeah, I would do yeah, it. I, just, I, I get don't it. Know, like, just, Bro, you know, yeah. I get it. Like it's 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 Do you want to stop the show right now and just take a shower? We can just go do that. It's fine. Dude, you <laughs> You have two showers here. I'll no, 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 no. Down. We, I have three, but I'm saying we could take oh, you a shower. Have three? Oh my god! No, no, like, but the, but the two. two that's right. Not, I forgot about that. Two aren't available, Terry. <laughs> oh, we'll just play Careless Wait, Whisperer. What does that fine. mean? <laughs> it's, anyway, it's fine. No, so he takes a shower, yeah. and th- this is again a sequence where um, Ryder, who well, he is, also he, he makes sure that she's secure. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, it's like th- yeah. there is a bit of like kind of like connection here they, 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 with Nash. They ha- yeah, she like they have, a, nice. they have a connection. Like, well, and then we forget we we basically like kind of glazed over. She saved his life because. Oh, yeah. The sequence on the bus. I forgot oh about my the cops. God. And that, that was, was the whole terrifying. Thing. That was, yeah, I thought that was great, too, how she pulled the gun on the cops. So yeah. they're like the one cop when so when we get Jim oh, yes. being yeah. taken off of the bus, the, the one police officer is. He's pissed off. He's he's so because mad. he's had some other he, his his fellow officers being shot today. He thinks that and Jim he thinks did that it. Jim did yeah. it. So he said, "You spit on my sleeve, wipe it off." And what do we think that's implying? He's reaching for the gun. Well, because he want, he wants people, the audience that's on the bus to see. It looks like Jim is like trying to be aggressive, exactly, and he won't. And then it's like even the the other cop was like, "Dude." Like, like which, chill that that to me is the most unbelievable part him. of the sequence of like you know no we can't like we you can't killed just, two of my friends like we can't have you could just commit violence like it's not anyway yeah that, that's I actually if, if there's anything that I can say is one of the most horrifying things of this film it's this because you're inciting police brutality so you can justify killing someone well this it also shows that like you know uh, John can dance in and out, uh, like out between the raindrops, so to speak, with this because he knows that as long as he keeps pointing like everything towards Jim, he could just do whatever he wants, right? And, and like, and and he's going to the the cops are just another weapon in his arsenal because the cops essentially, yeah. Because what's the what's the old phrase that um, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail? Like that's like these guys are they're 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 looking for like to do something to somebody, yeah. And so, yeah, that whole sequence is, is great too. And then when they take the car, the cop car and whatever, like there's, there was some really great, um, car chase stuff here. There's some really great physical, practical effects with the car stunts and the, the gunshots and everything here. I, I forgot how 
like um that scene how, is like really important like, to the rest like when, of when they let the the one cop like they they're driving and then like, i was watching i was like why don't you hit the brakes because the cops are trying to like close in on the sides and they hit the brakes and the one cop shoots the other cops tire by accident and the way those cars flip i am a sucker for good car crashes and this film actually comes up in spades in a lot of ways for that. Oh yeah, there, there there's a lot here that we're not really mentioning. Yeah, which, I mean, which yeah. honestly, at the same point, I, that's up to you as a viewer at this point. Um, like, I, I mean, it's a it's a tight film, but my God, is there a lot of action in this film? Yeah, and so that yeah, so that's solid. But then we get when we get to them hiding out. That's when we get John uh, Ryder again um, teleporting in to this. Essentially, this room. yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, you know, and just the way that he he's like they they could have maybe done this a little bit more where we he was in the frame the entire time. That would have yeah, been like way. not Dracula, just a form and like in the room. Well, like. it's a, there's a film, there's a French film called Inside, where it's um a lady who is like um six, seven months pregnant. She's in a car crash with like with her husband and they end up like killing so like, they end up killing uh, some like somebody else. I forget what the whole thing is, but the, this woman gets it in her head that she's owed this this one, other woman's baby, and she's coming to coming to that house to cut the baby out of her. And it, it and there's a sequence. It's a very very slow, purposely tedious like pull out of our character, our main character, watching TV, and it's just very mundane. And then. Eventually, you find out that the woman with these knives, that these scissors, are, has been in the room the entire time watching her. Oh, and wow. It's like there's something here where it's like you know, like I'm, I'm like you can see I'm getting goosebumps. Oh my god, yeah. Oh that. my god, yeah. you got the goose flesh. I, 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 I got the ghiblies, you know. So yeah. Oh my um, god. It's, yeah, it's a hell wow. of a movie. Yeah. Well, I so, guess I yeah, have to yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm saying like Ooh, when we get the reveal of, of John in there, it's like you could have maybe even you could have done like the same Him thing, in a, like, like a closet or or just whatever, something. right? Um, when you could have had all of that, even with her, I, I don't even know if it's even, it's the same shot where she calls her dad and hangs up the phone. Mm. You could have had that where she's talking and then she like, you know, hangs up the phone lays, and you see him there watching her. That would have been almost the same thing as like the finger in the, the fry scene right. where it's like, okay, why are we taking so long? Oh shit. John's been here the entire time. That, that is still effective, especially when he lays down beside her and she thinks it's Jim right like that's the you know like that is that is like as a human being that has to be one of the like when you put yourself in that reality the older that i get the more those things hit me harder than like a maniac with a chainsaw where it's like you're 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 in a bed you're sleeping you know that's your safe space that's supposed to, like you know it's like it's, if somebody puts their arm around you, you're like it's supposed to be your partner and yeah. you could see that kind of like oh my god yes like yeah. like kind of like this emotion of like Man, I'm actually feeling something towards this gentleman. Yeah, you know, like and it but, turns out to be Ryder, and you're like, oh no! But like, oh my god, you smell like chopped onions. Well, who <laughs> who is this dude? You smell like you smell like gas, fire, a severed finger. Um, yeah, right, and, Just, and a copper. And a like, <laughs> dude, it's like I think I smell two dead children on you. I think that's weird. I don't know. I'd like do you, <laughs> anyway. So so yeah. Um, so then when Jim comes out, she's gone. And then that's what the, here's the part of the film that makes no sense to me is that they eventually find Jim like Estridge, right? You know, and, and company are like, Oh shit, you know, we found you. We need your help. It's like, wait, why did you go from like, like not believing he was responsible, like to being like, Oh, this guy's like public enemy number one to, Oh no. 
come on, we need your assistance. Why? Well, the, now we believe you. Like, you know, like it goes from, I, I, it I, flips so quickly. I would say that there are two different things going on here that to get to that point. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, first and foremost, how long of a shower was that? Uh, like, I know it's been a, a bad day. You're trying to, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair <laughs> like, enough. But, like, at the same point, he comes out of the shower and all of a sudden Nash is gone. He's like on the move, like where the hell is she? And then now you see the the flashing lights. Yeah, it, I think the fast forward button was pushed here. Yeah. Um, oh, we also forgot too that, that like before all that we, whenever they're trying to escape the cops, John just shows up as like as like this like you know friendly aide to like take out a helicopter with a handgun. Like we're talking like like is this some broken there was a, there arrow was, shit? Dude, there was yeah. a lot. That, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. In a, like a five minute sequence, there was a lot going on of him, of him taking the cops like out of the picture just so he can keep messing with them. Right. Mm. So, but yeah, a handgun. Um, again, I, I, I talk about broken arrow cause there's a whole bit where I think, uh, Christian Slayer like shoots a helicopter out of the sky with the handgun. I'm like that, that, that no, we're good. Right. Anyway. So, um, so yeah, we get to the, the semi truck sequence, right? Like in that, which basically Jim is, uh, being enlisted to, like talk John off the ledge. Well, cause I, you sort get the, of. I think they get the idea that like when he's, cause John's in the cab of the truck and between the truck and the trailer, right. he's taken Nash and he tied her up. said like, yeah. Hey, the only person I want to talk mm-hmm. to is the kid. Get that's, the kid out here. Right that's what now. I think. Cause like they're looking at this, they're like, what's going on? And it's like, and they know that like the way this, this vehicle operates it, the moment, even if they shoot him, he'll take his foot off the clutch, and and the girl's dead. Which right? I will tell you right now, of the films that I saw when I was a kid, this was the sequence that I always remember. Oh yeah, like I think that when you're a kid, especially when it comes to film, you remember shots of films, but you don't remember the entire film. Yeah, and I think with this, it's like this is going to be one of those sequences that people are going to have that Mandela effect of like. Yeah, do you remember this? They're like, yeah, I saw what happened. Like, no, you didn't. You know, like what I mean? Like, I think people are probably going to remember this for being way more graphic than it actually was because you don't see it. Right. Um, and that's it, part of the production. We'll talk about that, too, because that was a big point of contention. But that whole sequence, too, is, again, that's very Hitchcockian of, like, it's no win. You know, right. and it's like, and it's like that is, you, you have we this... Get, this get two dudes having a conversation and there's a lot hinging on this exact moment one with is, a lot of observers. Yeah. One is trying to force an outcome. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other one is like this guy, it's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And it's like, well, you have to, cause if not, you know, like meaning you don't have a choice here. There she is. Yeah. You could, you could literally see the outcome that could yeah. happen here. But even then he's like, yeah, if you kill me, it's like, you know, she's dead. But if you don't kill me, she's dead. It's like, Jim is put in an, in an impossible situation. Um, and then clearly he doesn't pull the trigger and John lets the vehicle slip forward, which by the way, I just want to point out that like, while that's going all going on, don't you think they'd been like, Hey, psst, 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 come here, just go in underneath and like, maybe cut some of the stuff. Like you would think that they would have like, they would, there would somebody in there been like, Hey, pop the tires when no one's paying attention or something like, you know, like, you know, or maybe, I don't know, like, Oh man, like we could, you know what? How fast can we cut a wrist or something to get her out of there? Like, you know, I think there would have been well, like. Well, I think part of it that helps, and like I reanalyze this uh, this moment in the film too, 
Like, could somebody just shoot out like whatever she's attached to? Like being a that's what I'm saying. There, cable for as many cops as they're there, you chain. think that one of them would ramp with a bolt cutter and taking something, right? We learned we learned from watching pro life that a bolt cutter is a very important tool in life. You know, like, well maybe you know. at this at, at this sequence especially, like yeah. you can be like, here's a you know some kind of like microphone or something like that, and it's like talk to him, get him distracted, yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's like we're gonna go over here and cut this chick out of yeah. this thing. You would think that they're like, but I think the sequence would have even played better if there was no cops around mm. and then been like, Hey, you know, Hey Jim, come on up. We're going to talk. Right. And like, and it, cause it's the middle of nowhere. It's like how <clears throat> we've repeatedly seen the cops be like late to the game. Right. Suddenly right. it's like, it's like a donut convention, you know, like that's going on here. Right. Like it's a meet and greet, like, you know, oh sprinkles. I haven't met, I met you in a while. What's going on. Anyway. So, um, <laughs> it's just, but the sequence is still great. Um, I don't know. I, I like. I agree that I don't need to see the complete, like you know, pulling apart of everything. Mm. But the way that it just kind of fades to black is a little odd to me. You know, like it's just like. But like, you still hear the like the engine. Yeah, I just think maybe it would have been better if we would have kept the, like maybe the look on his face, on Jim's face, and you hear everything. That would have been. You know, I, I, I think we got the gist of I mean, it. Oh, no, we did. We sure we did. Right. Yeah. So then, so then, especially yeah. when they're back at the, the station. So that's like our next sequence here is yeah. we get, um, Jim, we get John, we get all the cops. We get like, you know, so like Jim is kind of being consoled at this moment by, uh, who's the guy from walking dead here. Oh, so, Jeffrey Dumont is Estridge. Yeah, yeah, Estridge. Oh, I put in my notes here. Hey, uh, I want to go have these on this date. That's what I wrote in my notes. Anyway, no. Oh God. <laughs> but um, but so but then we get the interrogation of John in the other room, and there's there's no information about him at all. There, there we don't have. Well, he won't tell them anything. But then, like Jim, actually, but there's no like, like yeah. there's no license. There's no birth certificate. Like they couldn't find any information about this dude. And they said that they would eventually like they're going to run his prints. They're going to find something eventually. Meaning that because we know at the time in '86 that it might take a while to run through supposedly. Yeah, yeah. It's like and we talked. You, uh, um, this is we were talking about the film Seven off mic, uh, like before we start recording. It's a very much a John Doe situation, correct? Right? Yeah. Like, and it's where like this guy's never been on anybody's radar. Like, we don't know who he is. He's not giving up information. Um, and the, but then Jim's like, I know his name. It's like, I want to argue this. Do you? Because you only heard the name he gave the you. the alias that he gave you. And yeah. his last name is Ryder. Ryder, Ryder <laughs> yeah, of the Storm, yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? Like, it's just like, it's like, like <laughs> what's what, what's your name? Uh, Hitch, Hiker, Hikerson. It's Hitchhikerson, you know, like whatever, like, you know, Thumbs McGee. I don't think you could have been like, whatever, right? Rucker Hauer. Like, I don't know. Like, anyway, right. so yeah. Fingerless. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. it, that's, I mean, I, I understand that, that logic. It's like, all right, so if you know any more information about this dude, please let us know because this dude's not giving us anything right now. Yeah. And it's like, but at the same point, it's like, you have enough on him. What the hell does it matter? Yeah, I'd just be like you just he the dude just ripped a a girl in half. I, yeah, I don't care what your name is. You're in a cell. Yeah, that's it, right? Like, like you. So okay, under the presumption of like we don't know who you are. Cool. I get. Okay, fine. It's going to take a while to figure you out. We know we're going to keep you. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to have a name to be locked up. You know, right. like, so yeah. Um, but then that's the part that's also confusing. Like Jim's like, I just want you know, like I know his name. I'm going to talk to him. And the whole thing is like. He ends up like there's, there's that weird embrace, and you think that there's going to be a moment where Jim's going to say something, right? And he just spits in John's face, like whatever, like sure, but it's like, 
where do you think that was going to go? Like, you know, like, yeah. Honest to God, in that moment there, I would have grabbed a pencil, something, some kind of. That's what I was expecting, like like a a punch in the face, something to be like, I'm going to claw your eyes out. Yeah, it's like turn this dude into meatloaf right now. Like, yeah, it's like you killed the one girl that talked to me nice once, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, she like might have just me a finger. My, yeah. Like the last 48 hours have been a living hell for me. You're going to die right now. If yeah. I get a moment with you, you're dead. Yeah. That's, that's, I, but whatever. So then, so then like, that's where I was like, where's this film going? Cause there's like, there's like 10 minutes left in this movie at this point. Right. So I'm just like, what's going on with all this? It was um very like, okay, what's, what's the final, because we're in the third act. Right. But what's that mean? But then we get like, you know, Jim being completely exonerated, which, that to me is also like, wow, you didn't even like be like, hey, by the way, you stole a cop car. Uh, you know, there's a whole other property damage that we're going to hold you accountable for. Right. Like that seems a little, you know, a little weird to me that like the cops are like, you know what? By the way, our bad. Here, here's a gift bag. <laughs> we're good to go. You know, like, especially whatever. in this world now, like <laughs> no one's being like passed over by I, all those like, other I could things. See, I could e- easily see them being like, you know what? You, you know what? We know you didn't kill all these cops. But we're going to arrest you for taking a cop car because yeah. how dare you? How dare you threaten officers? Because, you know, like I could see that being happening, right? Like how co- how come you didn't wipe that spit off his sleeve? Yeah, right. So, dirt pack. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like oh, also by the way, we found out uh, that you were driving a flaming car without a permit. That's an, you know, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> Just whatever. You lied to a construction worker about what was going on when you had a knife to your genitalia. That's another fine. Anyway, so yeah, um, so then. He and, and DeMunn's character, they're going one way. And then uh, the prison bus that has John Ryder's going another way, right? And then that's when we get Jim having this moment of basically being like, I got to stop this guy. I'm going to stop this 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 um, sheriff who who trusts me. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop him and take his gun. It's pretty damn understanding considering the other dudes that were in this as law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's when like, we get, I, yeah. I, I yeah. think that's a kind of a, a really important part of contention here. Considering uh, the Munt's character of Estridge, yeah. Considering everybody else, like every other like, law enforcement member, has like been beating the crap out of uh, uh, Jim. Yeah. Like, look, what the hell? Like, at could, this point, you think there, there, there would have been a, there would have been a moment of been like, you know what? I know we're driving the other way, but we're going to give everybody a second because you know what? Look. I don't trust him either. And it would have been better if they would have been like. Jim would be like, yeah, I, he, like you can never stop him. Like, you know what? We're going like, to do it I now. I was expecting Rambo to come in and whoop this ass. <laughs> no, I, was like, expecting, I was expecting Estridge to actually be like, you know what? Um, this is like a very unique circumstance. We're going to go and just like, and like, you know, just like do like pull, pull the emergency brake, turn around and go out. Like, and then you get, you get the buddy cop thing going on. Right. Nah. But I like at the same time we see John sitting like, you know, in like just like basically shackled, ready to go on con air. Um, and <laughs> how like all the other cops are like, we're just going to play cards. And he's just like, you just see him doing like the calculus in his head of like, all right, I'm just waiting for the right moment. To where I can Which go we've up, seen like, multiple times to this point. Again, yeah. this is what eighty six again. Yeah. Like we've seen it a lot now to this point, but like I think that this worked really, it really was, well. I liked because we didn't actually see what he did. Because at this point, it doesn't matter. Like he could have pulled an Acme portable hole out and like disappeared into. Like, he might have been out. special ops at some point. Yeah. Like he just went yeah. loose. You know? Yeah, and so like by the time we find him, like the bus is already jacked. He has like this, like you know, basically like. um 
Cobra gun from like RoboCop or whatever it is. Like it's this massive, like cool looking, it's a cool looking, like, like whatever assault shotgun or something. Right. Right. And that's whenever, like, you know, that's when we get Jim and him having that big showdown, which I do like, but I also like, there's also the thing too, where Jim, um, the car has been shot 8,000 times. Why do you think it's going to start now? <laughs> like how he keeps hoping, 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 like, cause he's confronting, you know, John and John keeps shooting all the parts of the car or whatever. Anyway, but you know, so it, it, it's an interesting turnaround where in the beginning of the movie, he pushes him out of the vehicle with John. And then this one, he you know, ends up like running him over. Like you, you, everything still involves, you know, him behind the wheel. Right. And him, you know, challenging this kind of turn around. Yeah. Like like a little bit. Yeah. And visit then, so, like this first scene. Yeah. And then whenever we get to after that with John getting back up and then taking like the chains and the handcuffs and whipping them at Jim, uh, I took that as like, you're never going to pull the trigger on me. Like lock me up. We're not done. Like we're like, you're, you're too chicken shit to do this. Mm. You know, that's the vibe I get. He's like basically like, taunting him of like, yeah, we're here. Fine. Like you stopped me. Lock like put the handcuffs on me because you you do not have the 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 you know, the balls to shoot me. And then whenever Jim does finally, which is a you know great sequence, and that's why I love the final. Like I just the credits of this were so cool, right? Like we get and to that, him. That, like, that's that actually that's yeah. the, like the biggest part of violence that we see really yes. as far as. Uh, Blood and gore. Well, aside from the times that John's shooting cops in the neck and stuff and stuff like that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Some, but some like, of that's very sudden and very graphic. Like the squibs yeah. like like are just so straight good. out of the so chest. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole like that whole showing the silhouette of the sunset of Jim like up against the the police vehicle, like the smoking a cigarette and just kind of being like I, I like these movies where it's like we do get resolution to the story. But we ultimately know that like Jim's never going to be good again, right? You know, like meaning it's it, he did win until the sequel, because <laughs> there is a sequel. There is a I'm, sequel. Like, whatever, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Um, but like you know, it's like okay, like because then because then writer writer kind of won. Like we talked about the like the film seven briefly, like before we start recording. Because well, what was the name of the 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 killer in that John Doe? Because right. they couldn't figure him out, like. It's like I'm forcing you to become the thing that you do not think you're capable of, right? Kill the man, become the monster. Yeah, and it's like Like, you wonder, right? It's like Jim's never going to be right again, and like that's like, like that's some heavy stuff. And I like that the the, this the end like credits play over that. Like it's just like that's even though this is '86, that's a very '70s way to end a film. Well, you know, and and like we saw that in Duel, which we discussed multiple times. Same way, uh, Dennis Weaver's character never going to be right again. You're not going to be good, right? And even those credits, like yes, that beautiful scene too, because it's like we know what was done here. It's like we don't really have to explain anything more. It's like we can just see him in silhouette, just being like processing things because i think if this was something done i know there's a remake for this but you'd still have like another five six minutes of showing like how like oh we were able to stitch together for jason league and she'll be okay or or it's like you know what we saved the top half she's in a wheelchair we're good you know <laughs> like something like oh and all the cops are okay you know like something like that you know, like we're all good right you know oh here's officer teddy bear to come out and hug you at the end i don't know anyway so uh so yeah like um it is this is so when I went to go like rate it on letterbox um, and we'll talk about the production here in a second. Cause that's very important. I was like, how do I do this? Because the first half of this film is so powerful and just keeps punching you in the face and like in the best way for this type of film. And then it kind of, 
it, like the logic kind of starts getting a little weird and falling apart in the second half for me. Um, and it's like, man, I wish whatever, whatever they had bottled up in the first half, they were able to carry through. Um, I'm not saying that the second half is bad. It's just, man, like I was like, I, when I was watching this, I was like, I'm in completely. And then slowly, but surely the film kept taking me out of itself. If that, that that's my opinion, people, no, can no, like, no, it's fine. So, and I think I gave this like a three, three and a half on letterbox, which means like me, I liked it, you know? And it's like, I want to get a Blu-ray of this because this film looks phenomenal. Uh, it's just that, especially if you can find like a good yeah. capture of this film, because it is very, very difficult at this point. Uh, I, I think if if somebody wanted to like really invest time into this, you have to watch a good quality picture of oh, it. Oh, for sure. You know? There's there is there's so much good to be had in this. It's just that I feel like whatever it was working on the first half didn't quite connect in the second half. And I understand that, and we're gonna talk about the production now, that like this was written like it's funny uh that I was having this discussion uh with um with uh, Jeff of um, uh, the Scoot Universe podcast on my other show, Invasion of the Podcast, 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 podcast. I was mentioning Terrifier 2 and that, like, I've not seen the film. I saw the first one. I have a problem with Extremity and, and Gertrude's violence for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like reading everything we know about what the script was, it kind of feels like, yeah, we're going to get really gross and weird at times. And everyone's like, I kind of like the idea of this hitchhiker guy, but do we need to do all of this? You know, so I feel like, the way that this film is showing up, it's it's it still has a lot of teeth, but it makes me think like the like you know what would have been if they would have like this like kind of let this thing kind of like don't put guardrails in. I think we might have gotten something akin to where it's like yeah we're getting all this violence, but like where's the point of this? And with this, I think it still it reels it back enough to actually give Jim some like an arc versus just the rider being. Um, just evil, 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 evil all the time. Yeah, and 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 there is actually a quote from uh, Rucker Hauer that that is kind of like I'm paraphrasing here, but that it was just evil incarnate. Like, yeah, like it was just like a force of nature, kind of in the sense that like Halloween was with Michael Myers. We don't need to explain his character; he's just there. To just be an agent of chaos. That's fair, but like the thing people and we've. Uh, with Halloween being what it is, there's very little on, on screen, uh, violence in terms of like what we think of violence now. Right. right. Uh, and in terms of like a gore, but that's still very effective. And, but if it's been like a 90 minute film of a dude in a Shatner mask going around and like gutting people, I don't think that would have, um, played as well or aged as well. You know? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously there is, um, a bit of, uh, taking back to the times and that and how people perceive certain films and that and how the, the actions of those characters will really develop in their, in their emotions. Because there was a lot of people, especially for Halloween, didn't want to go babysitting. They didn't. <laughs> oh, no, no, for sure. <laughs> and I think with this... And the like, hitchhikers, same scenario. Because yeah, you, know? you never know if you're going to pick up Rucker Hauer or a shark. You never know. Anyway, so so yeah, like in terms of like people were kind of excited with this, like um, what was it? Script development executive David Bombeck received a copy of Red's letter because Red was like kind of like peppering out everybody's like, please, let, let's just have this happen. And like a lot of people like just kind of just ignored it. And like Fox, like this one gentleman picked up on it. And then uh, Kip Oman who would become one of the co-producers of the film saw it is like, there's a level of challenge and intensity in poetry in this. And I would agree with that. Both Bobbick and Omen were worried about getting into a good enough shape to show their boss at Fox. Like, 
They're like, we liked the script, but wondered how can we manage to translate this to the screen without making it a slasher film? That is a challenge because this kind of is. But they were kind of like they were kind of dipping into the Hitchcocking elements of it as well, right? So, right. Uh, but yeah, their boss, uh, I think his name was Madden, told them like the script was terrific. The studio was not comfortable with the subject matter, but felt that the writing was unique and interesting enough to give the filmmakers a letter of intent to distribute the film. I don't understand how this works, but basically what it says here is that this would allow them to get financing for the film, and then once the film was completed, Fox would reimburse them for the budget. I don't know what that means, but other than like. Make the movie, we'll reimburse you, and then at that point, then we can get this thing shopped around for distribution. Like if they could see proceeds from I, it I think at that some point. basically it's like, well, we're not funding it, but if you get it made, we'll pay you the budget, and then we'll see who pays us for distribution. I think that's kind of how it works. Which it's sadly, I, there me. wasn't much money made yeah, from here. Well, like they yeah, lost their ass. We'll, we'll, actually, we'll talk about that, right? Because uh, it gets a little, it gets a little bit weird, right? So, um, so then at that point, um, was it they the producers went on to. Um, uh, looking for inexpensive directors. That's when they found Robert Harmon. And he was the director you mentioned, sorry, still photographer, which you mentioned previously. And he was so excited by the script. He told his agent like the next morning, like, get me this film. That's cool, right? 84, Harmon met the producers. Talked. They talked about the script. He recalled that even the exact actions that uh, remained in the script were described in much bloodier and gorier detail. The producers were impressed with him and that he wanted to make this like a Hitchcock film. Okay, credit to him as well. Rucker Howe read the script, even though he was looking for a non-villainous role, like we mentioned. He's like, it really got a hold of me. You know, good on him. Seen Thomas Howe was trying to be more selective with the roles he took, but he liked this because it's like, you know, he thought this character was going to be a challenge, rightfully so. I don't know if he was the most successful, but I understand why he was attacked, like, like why he was interested in the project. Like, I will not judge him for that. And he was, he was actually terrified by uh, Rucker Hauer too. <laughs> Who wouldn't, you know, like, like it's you know. like, they're, they're I'm like, actually, I'm, I'm like, I'm so scared, but I also have a, a weird boner. I don't know. Anyway, but like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there, there were a couple of scenes actually in this film that were very genuine, especially the scene where he held the knife up yes. to his eye. <laughs> like he's like, no, that was like, that was for real. Like this was improv. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so Jennifer Jason Lee agreed to the film because she wanted to work with Rucker Hauer again because they were in a film called Flesh and Blood. And she liked the character of Nash because there was a real person there. But that just also means like, hey, Rucker Hauer, he takes shit seriously. She's like, I'm in. Like, <laughs> like that. I think that's great. Like she was challenged. And that's awesome because yes. like, you know, like there was a bit of a challenging roles that she had later on in her career, too. Do you think uh, Daniel Day-Lewis saw this and when he was like thinking about gangs in New York, he's like, you know what? What's scarier than like, putting a knife to somebody's eye? I'm going to put a knife on my own eye and just tap it repeatedly. I don't know if you've seen Gangs in New York. I have not. He, but his character like, supposedly has a glass eye. But I know eye. he's a committed actor. His character has a, a glass eye, and he actually had like a contact put in. And there's a bit where he improv like tapping it oh, with nice. the knife. Wow. It's like, it is. It's incredible. Ugh. Anyway, so yes. Anyway, so uh, Fox ultimately rejected the project over the budget and saw it as a straight-out horror movie. I don't think that was a bad thing, but they're like, man, whatever. We're hoity-toity. We're Fox. Independent producer Donna Dubrow, which this is what we we're talking about earlier, heard about the Hitcher while working on another film, and it sounded to her like duel with a person. Yeah. Um, HBO agreed to make the film, but the stipulation that the girl would not be torn apart and the violence would be reduced. Um, the film's budget was then set at five point eight million. Um, and then um, when they're going back and forth about the script, it was like they're trying to make her death not horrible. When by the nature of the script, it had to be. I agree with that statement because Jim has to be pushed so hard. Right. So, 
So contractually, TriStar Pictures was obligated to distribute any film by HBO Silver Screen. TriStar representatives saw an early screening and the studio president, David Madelon, said, it's the best film we have here for 86. The Hitcher opened at 800 theaters in February 86 and made $2.1 million during its opening weekend and going on to gross $5.8 million in North America. So it it didn't break even because you factor in the budget. Like, Budget, possible advertising, whatever. It's one of those things that, like, it kind of just came out. I'm really surprised. Like, a film like this for that time period, I felt like this would have worked really, really well for an audience. Even then, 5.8 million is a low budget. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, you factor in inflation now, like, whatever, it's probably like closer to like 12, 13, right? Which, even then, that's still more than some of the there's nothing crazy going on in this film at all there's a lot of just practical effects in that too especially you would think something like this would probably actually played better overseas i don't know but yeah so yeah domestically like the fact that it only made that's a bummer like that's ridiculous yeah um but you know and it got it warranted a remake and a sequel the fact that it didn't make its back its budget like that doesn't make any sense at all to me well something there's some shenanigans going on yeah one just because something was successful then just because this is taken like a a cult classic right so i was excited when you mentioned to to watch this for the show and i one of uh christopher nolan's favorite films apparently too okay i mean cool like i like that he is like this like you know (laughs) Like hoity toity filmmaker, but he's like, yeah, I like some schlock. <laughs> you know, like, he's like, I like some. I wouldn't consider I, this not, schlock. Not, not schlock, but like, you hear about some of the, the films, he's like, yeah, if that's on, I'll watch it. Like, some of his stuff he says is very surprising about, like, oh, I love that. You're like, wait, what? Like, you know, like, not this in particular, but there's like some, like, some weird, like, I, I don't know if it was, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like some kind of like, like, uh, dumb comedy. He's like, oh, that's every time on, I gotta watch it. I'm like, Christopher, really? Christopher Nolan? Yeah. So anyway, like, uh, Oppenheimer? Anyway, so, this has gained, uh, you know, cult following, mm. rightfully so. There's a lot here that works really, really well. Um, but with that being said, when you mentioned there was a remake, there's this thing now where I think that because an IP, you know, is has entered like the the, the mindshare, that it's easier for studios to be like, well, people have heard of this, let's go ahead and do it. Versus like, was it successful the first time? No, but people have heard of it, so now they're interested. You well, know? I, I, think, I think we've yeah. seen similar films too. I mean, like Joyride is. Not too far based off of like a, an idea here too, um, and but you know like where you were talking about dual like with a with a person, mm-hmm. but um, the one thing that kind of kind of floored me, I would love to see this film. Sam Elliott was offered the role first before Rucker Howard. I'm like, dude, I love Sam Elliott. To just see him be like the bad guy once, I've always seen him be the good guy. Yeah. That would be interesting. I love Sam Elliott. Yeah. Like, Sam Elliott, please uh, subscribe, listen. Um, you're, you're you're amazing. Um, the uh, second second best Roadhouse, part of Roadhouse. Roadhouse, <laughs> amazing. Mask, amazing. Yes. Um, even uh, Prancer, awesome. Uh, best okay. Christmas, one of the best Christmas films. Um, Tombstone, yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I, I just like I think that would be like a really good casting. And even when they were trying to cast that character, like when, when the role was written, they wanted somebody like, kind of like, um, kind of like gaunt mm-hmm. and like filled with tobacco. Um, who, who the guitarist from, um, oh, uh, Keith Richards. Yeah. They, they wanted like a <laughs> Keith Richards. I'm like, 
Really? Like, yeah. okay. Or like Rucker Hauer the, the script, versus Keith the, the, Richards? The script was, instead of sneezes, hacks violently is what you're saying. Yeah. No, um, I, yeah. I, Sam Elliott is so tall. I don't think he would have fit into that car. <laughs> he would have um, just been like turned over and bent inside himself like Slender Man. Like I get it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of fun facts about this film. We need we need him then, and we need Jeff Bridges then too <laughs> to be oh, the driver. God. Dude, <laughs> dude, I would have loved Jeff Bridges as like the the. He's a little little older, but like like that would have been great. That oh my they would have been like the, the the prequel to the Big Lebowski would have been the, anyway. So yes, the the other dude, the other dude, right? So no, yeah. that, that, I I do like this film a great deal. It's just that I feel like it's just it's just missing something. Uh, and I can't put my finger on what. And it's, it's, I don't agree with you. Okay, well, that's I, fine. I, I yeah. think this is a perfect film. Um, yeah, I, from 86, right? Yeah, yeah. 86. I, I think this is probably one of my favorite films from 86. Okay. Um, yeah, I. this is one of our uh, parts of a contention here. I mean, And by contention, I mean not by much. You know what I mean? Like, I, I still liked it. I'm not yeah. like, I'm. you know, anyway. So, uh, right. I'm giving um, you the evil eye because I think you've been shitting on this film all night. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've just been like, I don't know what's going on here. So, all right. Um, I think that's why you gave me a beer. You're like, calm down, Terry, because I'm yeah, about to tell I, you well, some stuff. Well, I was like, I also gave you a finger to put in it. So, like, when you could just, like, you know, if you, it, I don't want you to make swirl it, it around. I don't want it to be flat, you know. Pinky so. out. Pink, oh. Yeah, pinky in. Um, so, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts? Because there's really not a twist rating. This is it's the Hitcher. Watch no, the movie. I, yeah. I, I, I've known this film for a long time. Um, I, I think it's great. I, I think there is a lot more than what we've discussed tonight. Uh, please, if, if you are a longtime listener, if you're new to this, first time caller, first time caller. Um, there, there's there's a lot to gain from this film. I, I think that is like one of those lost gems from the '80s, especially. Like, good lord. Um, don't watch the remake. I mean, Sean Sean Bean is like he's good, but he, it's not it's not the original film. Mm. It's not. Well, it, you know, it is enough. what it is. So all right, um, they changed some stuff in that film too. Yes. Somebody else gets ripped in half. Yes, um, it, it's Sean Bean killing himself in a weird way. It's it's just like, no, I'm kidding. So because um, you know, but contractually he can't live through a film. So what if he kills himself multiple times? Anyway. Uh, that's going to do it for our discussion about the about the Hitcher. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Please watch the movie. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you guys can find us on uh, Facebook at uh, Strange Highways. We're always posting stuff there. I do have some uh, interesting images from the Hitcher, especially from the version I watched because like like I have evidently watched a European cut of the film because the title card is different. Whatever. This is funny. Um, and yeah, check that out. Uh, you guys can email us directly at strange highways podcast, gmail.com, uh, wherever you find, find our podcasts, find your pod, wherever you find podcasts, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. I used to mention stitcher that's going away in like two weeks. So find other ways, uh, to, to, to find us and Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Uh, we are still on Spotify, okay. which is incredible. Like that's amazing. Um, and they have their own like rating system on there. Please, please, for God's sake, like, do some do us a favor and like uh, just put a, some kind of five star, some, five, five, some kind of five star, some so kind your, of five. Your star. options are a five star rating or Nothing a five else. star rating. That's it. So, so and then we're on Instagram. Yeah, are right? we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> do you know? I, I know. Yeah. I just like you're. Like, yeah, we're still I, on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, uh, we're having fun over there. Um, yeah. it, it's just like another tool in a bag for us. Yeah, uh, like so we love another, the interaction. It's another finger in the fries for us. Yes. We love the interaction, so if you could please like do 
something to talk to us. Like if you would like us to cover something in the, in the future, like, uh, yeah, cause we're going to be doing some, an- more, yeah, some more detours for a while because I think we need a, a bit before we get into season two of the 80s iteration of the Twilight Zone. I think we need a little bit of time still. And we're going to have fun on this next discussion. So yeah. Paul, what are we doing next? And now Mr. Serling. Very appropriate. So, um, I, so we're going to do a revisit of the original series of the original Twilight Zone. So I'm sure everybody's excited. We're going back, back to black and white. The back, back. The, the, yeah, the back, back. Um, and we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of the Twilight Zone. When there was no color. When there was no color. Season one, episode one. Where is everybody? So the not the pilot, but the first actual episode aired. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's been years. I mean, literally years since I've revisited literally. this. Uh, and uh, as a show, it's a second episode. And could you believe it? We have a guest. We that's do have a guest. Um, we have Leanne, who joined us um, uh, the, like when we were talking in the first season of the '80s iteration. She was on for the Uncle Devil show. Wonderful discussion. Hell yeah. Uh, her and her husband do the Skewed Universe podcast. Uh, and this is one of her favorite episodes. And I figured, you know what? If we're going to do a revisit, and this is one of her favorites, and it's the very first episode, like, why not? Like, that makes it all, there's all those things of like, you know what? I think we deserve a little bit of Rod Sterling Twilight Zone. And we, why not go back to the start? So we're going to do a revisit of Where Is Everybody? Yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Kind of a refresh for people. Maybe somebody hasn't heard our discussion since then. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I'm looking forward to this. Uh, she's a, a wonderful talent and yeah. I look forward to her. So we're going to, we're going to find out where is everybody next week? Because uh, uh, all of us, everybody's going to be here next week talking about that episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's going to do it for this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. And in the meantime, I I'd say don't pick up hitchhikers, but you know, like, probably not, but I, but I think most people are okay, but like, I don't know. I just, just, uh, no, I, maybe not. Just We have rideshare apps now. Don't pick up a hitchhiker. Best thing that goes with fingers? Ketchup.
scraping the edge of nothing.